This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Council for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are really excited to share with you today our podcast that I think everybody is going to enjoy uh, because it's something that touches everybody's life. We are talking today about friendship, and I actually am excited because I have a very dear friend of mine um, joining Beth and I today. We have on our guest, Jonathan Holmes. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad. This is so fun to actually have you on my very home podcast with Beth. So um, we, if, for those of you who don't know Jonathan, he, as I mentioned, he's a good friend of mine and he is, um, We I can't even remember where we first met. It's either. It, probably somewhere in the counseling world, I'm sure. It was. Definitely somewhere in the counseling world. <laughs> yes. But Jonathan is the founder and executive director at Fieldstone Counseling, which is in Ohio, at and it's connected with Parkside Church there. And um, I, I mean, I, I remember when you were founding it, if you will, you know, and that was fun to kind of talk through even the planning of that and see that actually see the fruit of all of that, um, what the Lord has done. So that's super exciting. And, but he is also an author and he is the author of four books, a couple of which we're going to talk to you about today, but one of them is called The Company We Keep, and it's really taking a look at biblical friendship. So we wanted him to talk with us today about that. And then he's also written a book for for people who um, are in the counseling world who do marriage counseling. And I have found that book very, very practical. But then recently, and we will for sure get to these, he has written two books with Deepak Reju on the subject of fighting pornography and what that looks like from uh, the counselor's perspective and even the the, the struggler. And so we're going to, we're going to ch- chat a little bit about those things, but he's also the father of four little girls, him and his wife, Jen have four little girls and I just love following you on Instagram and seeing all the fun things that you do with them, especially some of the cooking that you do and um, all that. But one final thing that you are recently doing is you started running, right? That's I did. And I cannot believe that I'm doing it because I swore I would never do it. But uh, with COVID shutting down the gym that I normally go to, I thought I'd just give it a shot. So... <laughs> Yeah. And you posted the other day, what was your furthest that you've run so far? What was it? Four miles, four miles. And, 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 and friends, I, I was somebody who could not run to the end of my block uh, without getting out of breath and needing to walk. So it is literally a miracle that uh, I am doing this. So, well, (laughs) I'm proud of you because yeah, I'm definitely one of those who I, I don't mind walking and hiking, but there's just something different about running. And I've done it before, but I've never gotten up. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I've never gotten to four miles. So you have oh. surpassed me. <laughs> well, your, your hiking definitely inspires me. I, I'm like, man, there are so many beautiful metro parks in Cleveland. I'm like, I got to get to some of these parks. So I'll come visit you and we'll, we'll have yep. to make that happen. So, but thank you so much for being on today. We're super excited. And um, as you can tell, Jonathan's a dear friend of mine. And so we're excited to talk about some of the things that you have done. So, yeah, that's so great. And Jonathan, so we want to begin by having you share um, a little bit about biblical friendship. And so uh, I know you've written a book about it. So obviously you have thought a lot about it and put a lot of effort into it. But I want to just 
ask you to share a little bit about what is biblical friendship? How do you define that? And what's the difference between that and maybe how the world views friendship? What are some differences there? Yeah. You know, ironically, like the book on friendship was the first thing I ever wrote on. And it's probably the thing I enjoy talking about the most, honestly. Like I I love talking about friendship, I think, because it's impacted me personally, because I think everybody needs friends. And uh, when I talk about friendship and and people ask me, well, what's different about biblical friendship than just, you know, I mean, people that aren't believers, they can totally be friends. And I get that. But I think the difference with biblical friendship is that uh, in biblical friendship, people are brought together by Christ, in Christ, and for Christ. And I think that, that is a big difference in biblical friendship is that uh, because we are in Christ, that provides the common ground out of which friendship can grow. And so like in modern friendship, right, friendship has to be centered around your stage of life or a common interest or your gender or geography. And um, I think those are all great factors, but they don't have to be the primary factor. And so when those things go away, a lot of times you see friendships break apart. So one of the great things about biblical friendship is that it's joined together by something that's never going to fall apart and never go away. Mm. And then that forward moving missional element is that that friendship, I think biblically is not just about our own personal improvement or even enjoyment, but it's really about pursuing Christ together. And I think that you need that missional element in friendship. Uh, A lot of, when you read a lot of modern friendship literature today, which there's a ton of, uh, friendship is very much centered around you. Uh, It's all about finding people uh, who make you the best you. Uh, There's a whole theory called the shine theory, where you just surround yourself with people who shine a spotlight on you. And, And again, you want friends who are good cheerleaders and encouragers, but I think in biblical friendship, you were wanting to pursue a goal together. And that goal is becoming like Christ and pursuing him together. Wow. That's so helpful. Man, I love how you've articulated it. That's, that's really wonderful. And it gives us, yeah, that template foundationally that yeah. is, is it ought to be different than how the world views friendship. So that's yeah. really wonderful. Uh, tell us a little bit, because we love for our listeners to, to know us as ourselves, not just as authors or speakers or counselors. So tell us a little bit about how friendship has shaped you personally, and maybe um, just some ways in which you've seen the Lord grow you, even maybe while you were writing the book, because sometimes when we write, it's, you know, it, it, it encourages us in our own lives as well. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I would say, you know, we moved, uh, my family, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. And so I think very early on, I just did not have good friendship or relational skills. Like I knew that most of my relationships would not last probably more than six months to a year. And so I think what that led to was like me just kind of being like a chameleon. Like I would just adapt to whatever circumstances and never really form something very deep. Uh, and, And so even in high school, like we stayed in the same city where I went to high school for a much longer period of time. And And I think I just, I didn't know how to do friendship. Most of my friendships were very much on the surface. I was very fearful of what other people thought about me. Like I was very consumed about uh, like, you know, does this person like me? I, I, I didn't always fit in. I wasn't good at sports, like some of those natural connecting elements. And so it kind of just caused me to have very surface level friendships. And I would just do whatever I could to please whatever group of people I was around, honestly. And, um, I think in high school, I just kept thinking to myself, man, I really wish I had a best friend. Like, I just wish I had somebody I was close to. And so I really don't think that really became realized until I went to college and went to a Christian university and 
really began to see some of the differences between friendships that were centered around uh, centered around Christ and centered on a mutual pursuit of Christ. And so I, I do believe like the, the closest people in my life, even today, my people I would say are my best friends are those relationships that began there in college. And so um, I've told people in some ways, I think my friendship journey probably began there in college. And uh, those people have had an enormous uh, shaping influence on my life for sure. That's amazing. What about today? Like, what are some things you enjoy about friendship today? And even the, again, like you said, the uniqueness of having friends who are believers um, that can share with you. Just give us kind of a up-to-date story. I think that, you know, Beth, one of the one of the things about friendship, again, when you read the friendship literature, they talk about the older you get, the more difficult it becomes to maintain friendships just because you get older, geography, family, stage of life. And I've definitely found that to be the case. But again, that missional element of this isn't an optional relationship though in my life. I need friends to pursue Christ, I think has gotten me to the spot where I might be further apart geographically from my friends, but I find that when we're together, we can just pick up right ever where we left off. That connection, right, is is still there because we're both pursuing Christ in our personal lives. And so when we come together, um, we can pick up, right? There's things that we need to catch up on, but it the, the feel of it does not feel awkward, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. with my close friends. So one of my closest friends lives in Dubai. He's a missionary. And then my other friend lives out in California. Two friends live out in California. So, I mean, we're, you know, time zones apart. And so we have to find different ways to adapt in like this new world and, you know, things like Zoom and Skype and WhatsApp, et cetera, have helped us facilitate that. But um, the friendships, I think, as I've gotten older, culturally, we would be told like, they're going to become less and less important to you just because you don't need them as much. You have an established family already. And I actually, I think I found the opposite. I feel like I need them now, you know, more than I ever have. That's awesome. Well, and I know for me, as I have sort of grown up, or I feel like I'm still growing up into an adult, I don't know. (laughs) And I'm 46, but uh, you know, it's this idea that as we grow, we're, we're more self-aware. We learn more who we are in the Lord and and how we're wired. And, and that also just makes friendship different. Like it allows us to be ourselves more. And, um, man, I think it was my counselor a a few years ago that said to me, I just, I think maybe you need to have some more authentic relationships, you know, and, and especially doing ministry, it's easy to kind of find ourselves in, in arenas where, most of our relationships, if not all, sometimes become more ministry related and less uh, just face-to-face friendship on the same level. And so, man, I, I will say that the older I get, the more I have to be intentional. It's way less romantic than it used to be of just, mm-hmm. let's hang out tonight. Okay, great. It's but We have to plan it. Like we can't. And so I, I, I appreciate the fact that my closest friends are okay with me scheduling my time with them <laughs> every other week. We're having dinner, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of and sounds I, like marriage, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And I think you have to, that's like you were saying, I, I I think so many of the issues that the three of us probably deal with in counseling, a lot of those issues would be significantly mitigated if people did have close friendships. And I always, you know, Joran Vandenberg, who was a Swiss psychiatrist, he said, loneliness is the nucleus of all that we do in psychiatry. And it's an overstatement for purpose and for effect, but that idea of, yeah, so many of the hardships and the things that we face, the evils in the world that we're on the other side of, 
probably do come back to that sense of just loneliness and isolation mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. been a part of our story for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely people who are listening to this who talking about friendship can be a painful oh, thing as yeah. well. And so just seeing like, it's because we're made for that. We're made yes. for community. Yes. Yes. And one of the, I, I loved what you said. You said my, one of my closest friends is in Dubai. Yes. If we have, we almost have to reframe how we think about friendship, because if we think about that statement, that almost seems like that, that doesn't work. <laughs> how is your closest friend in Dubai? But yeah. there is a, there is a sense where like, I can be close to somebody and it has nothing to do with proximity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do, I just want to circle back before we kind of continue to have this conversation is when you said they are in Christ. No, they are by Christ, in Christ, and for Christ, right? Yeah. You're brought together. You know, C.S. Lewis has this great line, you know, in Four Loves where he says, you know, friendship begins when you look at another person and you say, oh, you too. I thought I was the only one. It's like that moment of mutual discovery. And it's that, you know, like maybe even for the two of you, like for Beth and Liza, right? It's the sense of like, yeah, you live in two totally different states, but you, there's something that clicks, right? You're like, oh, like we have a common vocabulary, language, values, shared, shared way that we see the world and the way that we see relationships. And not that there can't be difference, but that very core, that kind of John 15, where Jesus says to the disciples, no longer do I call you servants, but I've called you friends. Right. In so many ways, I think that is probably like the pinnacle for me, at least of the gospels, right? Like Christ comes to dwell with us and he says, Hey, I'm your friend. That's why, um, you know, to befriend you and to bring you back into relationship with the father. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I also just want to say really quickly that this foundational element of Christ being at the center allows us to have more diversity in our friendships. You know, if that's the foundation, then there can be so many other differences and we yeah. need that. We need a diversity yeah. in our friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. I, I, it, it breaks my heart. Like when people say, well, you know, there's just no one else who has kids or everybody's married or I'm the only single. Per- mm. I get like those are, and I don't want to dismiss the sociological factors that make friendships oftentimes easier. But I, I think that we have created a me centered version of friendship where they have to check off like 10 boxes of compatibility wow. before we feel like, yeah you know, we can, you know, we can be friends with them. And it's like, no, if you have Christ, I'm not saying that, that those factors don't matter, but everything starts from there. Everything flows out of that in my mind. Wow. That is, I think that's really important and worth kind of repeating. Like, have we created a me-centered version of friendship? Oh, oh yeah. I think that's, I think I've definitely been there in my own life. It's different. Awesome. Yeah. 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 But I also want to say, you know, as we're talking about diversity, one of the things that's coming to my mind is like, we're talking about biblical friendship and we're going to continue to talk about that as we continue through this podcast. But I do want to pause and say like, there's also something about expanding or maybe having a more diverse friendship that includes those who are not in the same faith family, you know, those who are different from us because they aren't Christians and and how we actually can have those same kind of friendships that are by Christ, but yes. not necessarily in Christ. That, oh, and yet it is for Christ, you know? Yes. Yes. And so I mean I, I say that because I'm thinking about, you know, uh, probably one of my my dearest friends who we've been friends since seventh grade, which might have been a few years ago for me now. <laughs> but you know, we don't share all of those things, but it is still very much like an in Christ or a, a for by Christ for sure and a for Christ moment. And I think 
in fighting that me-centered version of friendship, we also want to see like, how can friendships be a part of the great commission and making disciples and so forth and loving people like Christ? No, unless I think that's so, that's so spot on. And, And I tell people all the time, that's why I think friendship is one of the greatest missional tools that we have ah. in our relational arsenal, right? I mean, you can almost yeah. read Matthew 28 as this commission towards friendship, right? If Ooh. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, but I've called you friends, then going and making disciples is really going out and making friends, right? You, I love that. I, mean, I love that. You want something about your friendship to have an unbeliever be able to look at it and say, oh man, like I'd really like to have a friendship that is able to kind of withstand the ups and downs of drama and stage of yeah. life. Lack is good. Man, what, what's, there's something different about your friendship. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. I think of friendship is that it draws people in to what, what the two of you are treasuring together. And For uh, sure. I love that. Making friends is making disciples. Making friends is making disciples. Totally is. Totally is. Great. (laughs) It really takes the, like, the, I don't know, the mysticism out of like, oh, what does it mean to make disciples? It's like, just go be a friend to somebody. Oh, (laughs) it totally is. Everybody needs a friend. It is, it is, you know, a lot of the philosophers place friendship, right, as the, as the highest level of virtuous friendship, of of relationship. I mean, it's, Mm. It is so critically important for us, um, and it's not optional. Our Kent Hughes talks about friendship is not an optional relationship. So, if any of your listeners are thinking, "Oh, like that's that's good for the extroverts or for the fours mm. or the eights," no, it's it's for everybody. Like every single person needs a friend. Every single yeah. person needs a friend. That's awesome. Well, and so let me circle back then, though, to those friendships that are biblical, like in Christ. That that that's a component of it. Is that you have another person who is who is seeking to follow the Lord. And one of the things that I have found um, as a counselor specifically is that when I'm seeing somebody and they have other believers in their life, like it helps them so much in the struggles that they face as a counselor or, or just as a human, as a person. And I know that you and Deepak, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you and Deepak just recently released two books, which are fantastic books. I've gotten to, I was able to get a sneak peek at them before they came out, but um, they are specifically on the subject of, of pornography and how to help somebody who is struggling with pornography, the rescue plan and rescue skills. There's there's kind of the deeper dive into like the research and understanding just what it looks like to um, to approach that subject and seek to overcome it. And then there's like the skills, like how does this look? How can I engage this right away, right where I am? And the reason why I bring that up is because as we talk about friendship, we kind of have to talk about struggles and specifically struggles with sin. And so I think this is you having this um, specific book come out after having written something on friendship, I think is an interesting tie here. So just talk with, talk with us about those books and how maybe friendship might be linked to winning the fight against deep kind of private sins like pornography. You guys are great question askers because you know I haven't gotten this one yet, like in the uh-huh. in, in the book podcast tour or whatever. Um, I do think that the two are linked, and, and here's one way they're linked. You know, we could think out loud about this that that pornography, by its very nature, it, it isolates and it's mm-hmm. it is a disembodied relationship that promises uh, intimacy and pleasure with zero commitment and zero responsibility. 
And, and so in many ways, friendship is the polar antithesis then of pornography. A friendship is about vulnerability. It's about mm-hmm. meaningful exposure to risk is how Andy Crouch describes vulnerability, right? It's, it's being known and being loved and being open. Uh, and you can do that because you're secure in Christ. And so I think friendship and pornography are linked because I think friendship would present um a significant counterpoint to a person's desire to escape into the world of pornography, right? Instead of when I feel these pressure points, when I feel these triggers that draw me into pornography, that entice and ensnare me, maybe it's relational disappointment with my wife. Maybe it's uh, I've just had a bad day at work and I'm seeking some comfort, or maybe it's I just feel a lot of pressure and this is a space where I can just be whoever I want to be, right? But in so many, I think the core of those desires are, are actually good, right? And can actually be realized within the context of a healthy Christ-centered friendship. So, man, I'm going to I'm gonna call up my buddy from work and, mm. and see if we can just go out and, and talk and share. Now, for, for women, I think that there's a lot more strength and natural skill there. For guys, I find uh, in general, that just tends to be a little bit more difficult um, mm. for them. And so I think it's one of the reasons why it's all the more necessary for us uh, to grow in that department because it's such an issue that we struggle with, that men in general struggle with. Yeah, no, I like that. Just that vulnerability. And that's what really, that's when you know you're a good friend with somebody is when you've shared something that's deeply personal. Yes. And and they don't move away from you. Like I had a, I had a good friend just the other day, like over breakfast, just share something very, very deep, meaningful associated with sexual sin. And it was just, it was a chance to receive that with humility, right. And to realize you might think you're taking a big step, but man, this is a bigger step than I think you even realize. It's a step of trust in this relationship. It's a step of vulnerability. It's a step of uh, of stewardship now on my part of how do I steward this disclosure and this burden, right? Like I I want to really treasure that. It's kind of, you know, Paul Tripp talks about the fine china of our lives. Yeah. Right? It's like, that's, I think it's moments like that. That's like the fine china moments of our lives that we just, as counselors, the three of us, we just really, we just treasure, you know, we log away. For sure. For sure. And so, you know, looking at these books, the rescue skills, rescue plans, do you see like specific ways where maybe in friendships they could be used? I know they're definitely valuable for, for the counseling room. In fact, Beth and I were talking offline and she's like, I'm not buying them until after she's going on a sabbatical. She's like, right, Beth, you were like, (laughs) not till afterwards because she's like, this is, I'm going to read them and be thinking about all my, right, right, right. But like in friendship, because for sure they're written for the the counseling room or people, not necessarily even a formal counseling room, but just people who are walking with people in a mentoring kind of way and so forth. But how about in friendships? Does, is it a book that you would maybe read with a friend or is it not really that type of book or? I think it could. I mean, I think a lot of it would depend on like what, what level of friendship are you on in terms of intimacy and, and, and just length of knowing the person, but especially rescue skills, there's just going to be a lot of practical, what could just be not just pornography related, but just good skills for friendship. You know, there's chapters in there on asking good questions, on Mm. active listening, on good accountability, on uh, helping a person with repentance, right? So in a friendship, like let's say say your friend is really withdrawn, right? You guys have just not been able to connect for a long period of time. And you're like, man, like he's not answering my texts or she's not answering my calls or my Instagram messages or whatever, right? As a friend, that might prompt you to move in a little bit deeper, say, hey, is, is something going on right now? that you want to share that I could pray for you about, right? Love that. That together we could, that we could dialogue. And, and again, so it might not be porn related, that that's the end point of the conversation, but that's some of the clues internally in a friendship that might key you off of, hey, something's off and I, mm. I love this person enough to pursue it. 
Well, that's super helpful. Well, we are so grateful for you and Deepak for writing these um, books and grateful for the other resources that you have written, the one on friendship. All of those are going to be in our show notes with links to where you can get them. So you don't have to wonder how can I get them, but I'm sure just Googling Jonathan Holmes on on Amazon or, or the various places books are sold, you can probably find them there as well. And we're so thankful. I'm really thankful for you being here as a dear friend of mine. And um, one of the things that Beth and I do every podcast. So if you've listened to this podcast, you know what's coming. If you don't, well, here's what we do. Every At the end, and this ends up being our favorite or not our... Well, maybe it's our, our favorite. listeners' favorite. It's like, I'm not sure if they like what we say For sure. from our professional life, but they certainly are commenting about my cat and your love of crunchy food <laughs> and it's the so frog true. that you saw on your hike. <laughs> It is so true. So we just try to, we share a moment in humanity where we try to relate to people or, you know, just let people know like, Hey, we are just, just like you. And so I'm just wondering whether it's related to friendship or not, whatever you was, is there something that you can share that just shows like, yes, Jonathan Holmes is just a normal human being. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, deep down inside, especially as it relates to friendship, I, like I'd said earlier, I I've always wanted a friend. I've always wanted a best friend. I was an only child growing up for for most of my life. And so not only was I deeply desiring of a friend, but even a sibling, like even just like a brother, an older brother. And I, my best friend who lives in Dubai, who's a pastor over there and a missionary, uh, I was over visiting him and it was kind of towards the end of the trip and we we're just eating dinner together. And just a, a wonderful, one of those conversations you'll just always remember. And at the end, he said, I hope you know that you are my family. He mm-hmm. goes, you are my family. You are my brother. And I just remember being so moved by that. Mm. He has a large family. He's got tons of siblings and whatnot. And to be incorporated into that just felt so wonderful, you know, to have, like, I don't have a brother, you know, biologically or even adopted. And so to have someone say, you know, you are my brother, you are my family, you are my friend. It just, it was, it was something that I will never forget. Mm, That is, that's really awesome. And you know what? That is something that I think that bond of Christ really makes that true. When you said that, I, my eyes got a little misty. I think I must be getting some allergies or something <laughs> going on there. <laughs> that is very sweet and endearing. So with that, thank you so much, Jonathan, for being with us thank today. It was a pleasure. And we thank you listeners for being a part of this podcast. And if you enjoyed this, please share it, whether it's word of mouth or put it on your social media and let other people know. In fact, I would just encourage somebody, share it with a friend that you just want them to know, hey, you do this in my life and I'm grateful for you. So, And then tune back in. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Counsel for Life. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.